Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Red Raider hoops get smart and the realignment smoke gets smokier as the Big 12 says to the Pac-12, puff, puff, pass. Me some of them buffaloes, homie. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Great to be with you once again, Chris. And on today's episode, we got a wide range of things to discuss before we're done. We'll actually be calling back somewhat to yesterday's episode as we talked about some realignment smoke and depending upon what time you're joining us here for this episode out there in the audience well the smoke could be a raging fire by now because it's only gotten thicker since our last conversation so we'll get to what's going on on that scene coming up in just a moment but of course we've already had some hours and days go by Chris since another announcement of some significance for a Texas Tech basketball fan and so I wanted to make sure to get to that today as well as Grant McCaslin continues to add to the supporting cast there, and this time in the form of Dave Smart, a name that you mentioned on this show not too long ago, but I think still one that's going to have to come with a whole lot of background elaboration for your common Texas Tech basketball fan, and certainly I'm among that group, but you also saw with this hire and this announcement, Chris, some basketball minds across the nation really pointing to what a great addition this should be for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders. So I'm excited about that and excited to learn a whole lot more uh, about Dave Smart, who's now a Red Raider himself. Yeah, and the uh, the topic you mentioned about uh, smoke uh, raging and all that, it's, it's all coming from Colorado, which seems appropriate. Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dave, Dave Smart is, is long since been rumored to be joining this staff. I think that, you know, we're not real sure – exactly what roles everybody's going to have yet like who's in charge of what or whatever doesn't really matter um I, I think i think coach mccaslin is extremely excited about this hire i think there were some that would that felt like coach smart would never really make a jump like this uh or y- y- you know uh, i i think come this far away from where you know and and, and where he's coached is it's Carleton University. It's a university in Canada. And they were they actually played Texas Tech, I think, back in the mid-2014, uh, 15-ish, 16, somewhere around there. But they actually played a ton of these schools that would go on the tours. Uh, and, and I think they've got wins over Memphis and Kentucky and Virginia and Purdue and and Wisconsin on and on and on and on it goes and coach Smart was the head coach there and and so make no mistake I think you've got defense covered that is absolutely going to be the identity of your program and your team because what does Grant McCaslin's you know, background or or kind of his emphasis or kind of the the identity there. It, it's it's been defense in recent years, just based on their style, pace of play, 
what they're really good at. You're good at what you emphasize. Well, they emphasize defense. Well, that's what Dave Smart is. He's one of these, you know, I think Jay Wright at Villanova actually got uh, Coach Smart to come in and say, hey, man, teach me your your scheme. It's a bit unique, and it's very similar in its uniqueness to, like, what Mark Adams uh, was doing, which was a bit outside the box. Um, I think uh, I think Coach Smart wants to – some of this stuff is going to sound like an obvious. I just think they do this really well, and there's some help side principles that are a bit different than the norm, but you see it in a game-to-game basis for a full game, and it's a bit different. But they want to force everybody left. They want to keep everybody on the side. Uh, they drop their help when you when you get baseline. They really drop their help. And, um, and and it's it's beautiful when it works in tandem. But there's a long list of players. Now, granted, nobody you're not winning any kind of trophy or championship in, in some sort of August exhibition basketball. So make no mistake, you know, some of these college teams that have come in, they haven't practiced a ton. They're not a well-oiled machine, you know, whatever. However... You can't. It's not nothing when a when this Canadian team does this to a long list of big time Power Five type basketball schools that have really good coaches and and in some cases players. I mean, they, they've beaten eventual Final Four teams. I mean, on and on and on it goes again. But it's August. But I think his defensive scheme is really what he's known for. And he recently, a year or two or three ago, kind of stepped aside and and kind of was at the end of the bench, still very involved as like player development type uh, at, at, at Carleton University. I think I'm saying the university's name right. But anyway, so that's who he is. And I think a lot of basketball people know him. The general fan doesn't know him. But I'm all about good coaches, especially if they give you a, a schematic advantage. He's no recruiting guru or anything like that but he is very much as an x's and o's guru that he that emphasizes defense and i think that grant was really excited to land him do you have any feel for how the connection came about was there a prior relationship some crossover somewhere or was this like you know search committee recommended this is a well thought of basketball mind do you you know anything about that background I believe there is a relationship there how that began i'm not entirely sure I don't think this was some sort of, hey, man, here, here's some names of potential folks yeah. that would be interested in a job like this. I think it is, you know, because this has been rumored for I – mean, Coach Smart has been here on multiple occasions uh, in Lubbock. I think he uh, – there, there was some just trying to get his work visa stuff worked out. Uh, maybe this would have been announced or happened sooner. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think, and then there's obviously still one more addition to be made to coach McCaslin's staff, but, uh, it's taken a while, but I think that this, this is a hire that's being heavily praised by very smart basketball people. And I think it's really, I'm very comfortable with the fact that there is no mistake of what your identity is and what it will be. Now, can you win and win big with that? You know, are you going to be like Virginia and Tony? You know, I hate to bring that up because they beat you and they they were they had some pros on that team and they ended up, but they routinely play games in the fifties and forties and 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 win. But it's a bit it's a bit tricky of a style. But that's as close as I can come up with on kind of 
what you seem to be modeling yourself after, at least on paper, at least on paper. And I can still hear the resounding boos from those Virginia fans who were upset that they were only playing games in the 50s while winning a national championship, right? Everybody was very – I got no problem with that. And, you know, it's just a preference. I'm not saying it's the only way, but hanging your hat on the defensive end of the floor is the way that I'd like to go. And since you most recently – uh, when you made your greatest strides as a program, were rooted in a defensive identity. That's what I want to get back to. So I know it's not going to look exactly the same, and I got no beef with that either. Um, but to have some generally defensive-oriented personality is going to be scratching me right where I itch as a Texas Tech basketball fan if they can get back to it. And I'm sure coming from Canada, Coach Smart also just wanted to verify uh, whether or not there was anything beyond steak and salmon here in the LBK. So he probably did some on the ground research in that department as well. So this sounds great. And again, trusting some of those national pundits uh, who are excited about this, as far as I'm concerned, because I was not familiar. I do apologize to coach smart was not familiar with this game uh, prior to this name being on the radar, Chris, but sounds exciting. And I don't know from my perspective, which is obviously as a biased red Raider, I feel like, this program has checked some boxes as far as appropriate steps that were going to be necessary to rebuild the program this offseason. Yet, as I pivot to a degree, I'm hearing talk of grading of the offseason somewhere in a D range, D minus, D plus. And for my buddies from the XL Strategies for Learning class circa 2004, 2005 on the campus of Texas Tech University, which is a probationary assigned class, pass, fell. Don't get excited about this D, okay? We're not interpreting this the same way that maybe we did back in the day in that class. Chris, can you can you tell me what this assessment is all about, I believe, from the field of 68, which is assigned a D-plus offseason grade for this Red Raider basketball program? It's gotten some attention from the Tech faithful. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And in this day and age, every new hire can feel like a huge gamble. And when we're talking about your business or livelihood, that's not ideal. But LinkedIn Jobs is here to help by helping you find the best qualified candidates available fast and for free, all on one easy to use and secure platform. Simple but specific targeting tools allow you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to consider. They go beyond just resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates faster than anyone else. So go to LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedOnCollege today to identify the most qualified candidates and connect with them fast and for free. Just like a bad hire could sink your ship, the right hire could take your business to new heights this year. And it's no coincidence that small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors so post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college it's so easy even a podcast host could do it that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with linkedin jobs terms and conditions apply can you tell me what this assessment is all about i believe from the field of 68 which is assigned a d plus offseason grade for this red raider basketball program it's gotten some attention from the tech faithful 
Yeah, you know, and, and Rob Doster, and uh, there, there's several quality folks that they, they've kind of created this platform called the Field of 68, and, and they really they cover college basketball 24 hours a day, 365. It seems like, and and you know, I've been on uh, I've been on one of the the, the shows before talking about uh, Texas Tech. I think it was before last season, <clears throat> and you know, so so these are these are basketball people. They're all very well plugged in. Uh, I think um, their their opinion. So they're doing videos grading various off seasons and and things like that. I think that they, you know, they were fairly harsh on your off season. I think that they also add, added many caveats to that. I think they felt like Grant McCaslin was a really good hire. I think they felt like Grant McCaslin was kind of in a tough spot when he got this job for a variety of reasons. Right. Uh, just because of how Mark Adams's exit took place, and then just the the, the roster, and, it, and it's just a day, different day and time as it relates to uh, building teams year to year, anyways. Okay, uh, but you know they, they they were high on on some of the folks that that exited your program, like the Jalen Tyson's and the Fardaws and and Daniel Bacho and all that. And I think a lot of us knew how talented some of these guys were. And I think we'd all agree Pop is a good player, but he's not like a foundation, budding all star type, all conference type type player. This is a good player uh, that I think that needs a lot around him. Uh, and so they they were fairly harsh. I think they all agreed that you know Darian Williams was a really nice piece to add. Um, this is a player that should get better. Uh, this is a, a well-rounded glue guy, okay? But most of what you brought in are roll-type, glue-type players. History shows you you need you need one or 1A or one and a half or whatever, like star-type players, like all-conference types. The folks that have won this league have had multiple players on the all-conference team more often than not. So, anyways, and, and I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, mean, I think that people, we've we've sat here and wondered, okay, man, you need a bucket. Who rings the bell? Like, who who bails you out? Like, where where does the scoring come from? I think they envision because because they feel like Joe Toussaint was a really nice sneaky ad. However, they pointed out in the video if you're going to ask a lot of Joe Toussaint, then I think you you know, and you're going to ask too much of him, you may be in trouble. D plus F, uh, I think, were the grades. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, but I, I certainly understand some of their points. And they did indicate, to finish this up, they thought this would be kind of a one-year deal. They thought that you would look at it much differently a year from now after Grant McCaslin had been here for a year and all that stuff. But uh, uh, A few things on all of that. I, I may have missed the boat, <laughs> but I don't know of Toussaint being asked to even be a starter at this point. Again, I might be missing the boat, but I don't I don't view him as being in that category. We'll We'll wait and see, I guess. I think they have to totally be discounting the intangible and chemistry aspect of AMAC and Tyson when they were with the program. Sure. So I, I don't know how they could even have a feel for that necessarily. Um, so I think that could lead to totally misinterpreting, you know, those departures as either pluses or minuses. And I'm sure there's also some gray area in what I'm saying. I only have my perspective and some might disagree with that. And as far as Pop Isaacs, Chris, I was a little surprised uh, by what you said there. Maybe I have too high of expectation, but I do. The only knock to me for Pop right now is, aside from things he can't help, like measurables, you're not the tallest or longest guy or whatever, but is just being still very early on in the maturation process. Yes. But I do look at him as a guy that has 
all-conference capable talent. I don't know if he makes good on it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much, but when you need a bucket, who's the, who are you turning to? It is Pop Isaacs to me. You, you kind of see that differently, though, it sounds like. Well, I, I think, um, you know, can he get to the basket? Can he get to the free throw line? Or is he just simply a, a jump shooter? I think those are the questions you have to ask. And I I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm talking in terms of like right now in the immediate as far as like an all-conference type guy. Yeah. I think he absolutely has that in his DNA. It just may not, you know, I think we may be all disappointed if we're like hoping or, or expecting that like immediately here. Sure. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about like the here and now with this particular uh, team. Um, am I, am I off on Tucson? Is he being viewed as a, a first five guy? I think what they, what they are talking about is they look at it and, and wonder, okay, if he's not, if he's not, who is, cause I don't, I don't necessarily know if he'll be a starter. He could be, but I think they're just trying to figure out, okay, where where are you, where where is the scoring come from? Because they asked this aloud, I think, and and as they taped the video, they asked this aloud, and I think it's a valid question because everybody here, I mean, Darian Williams, I think is going to be a really good player. He averaged seven points a game last year, you know, seven, and I think uh, you, you know you've got Joe Tucson who averaged nine, and you've got Warren Washington who you know nobody really averaged over double digits, and so I think that's the. So they're looking at it, and you typically go to the guards. I mean, do we think Lamar will average 10 or 12 a game? I wouldn't guess that. No. So I think they're trying to to look at that and and say, okay, where does the scoring come from? Yeah. You know? And so, I, I again, and I think it's a valid question. I do sure. think, though, the answer is certainly pop on if you need a bucket. He can maybe get his shot off and, and kind of do some things. But somebody else will emerge. Um you know, and, and you typically don't utilize a big in that way. Warren Washington is going to end up being a a double double type, but you're not going to throw the ball to him and so and go, hey, fix it for me, man. Give give me some points. He's going to be <laughs> a putback guy, a glue guy. Um, have, rarely have things called for him. I was going to say, unless guy. he's drawn up the play. Yeah, exactly. give it to me at the top of the key, boys. Let That's me just not how it is. I would look more <laughs> to Chance McMillan or. Yeah. Devin Cambridge or somebody like that. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of go over that video. I think yeah. it kind of got some people talking. Some agreed, most disagreed. We'll, we'll look back on it and see how right they were. And, you know, but I, I just didn't want to dismiss some of the points that they made because I think sure. there's some valid ones, but I think, and, and you make some good points too. Okay. Let's switch gears here to wrap up the episode, Chris. We're going to be returning to a similar theme from yesterday as we spoke on realignment smoke swirling. We've got Board of Regents huddling up at Colorado. We've got a 48-hour window assigned, actually, by someone who's been covering this in Tucson, Arizona, which I think we're probably roughly 12 hours into that, depending upon when you're listening to this on this beautiful little Friday, a.k.a. Thursday, for all who celebrate in West Texas. So smoke them if you got them, boys. We're getting to it next. On Locked On Texas Tech. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode with Chris. I'm Casey coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. And that is applicable beyond the LBK today, Chris, because it was... Boulder, Colorado, where roughly sometime around 
3.34 o'clock Wednesday afternoon, Colorado Regents were meeting discussing what? Well, maybe you got to guess. But then upon adjourning that meeting, they schedule a second meeting that's going to be happening on this Thursday once again there in Boulder. And we start to see some national reporting on things being considered and even in some cases assigning a specific timeline. Let me just give you some of the lay of the land on Twitter or on X or whatever it's called these days as to what got some things stirred up yesterday. First, Pete Thamel of ESPN uh, tweeting in part about what I just told you. The, the Colorado Board of Regents meeting adjourns there. They're going to have another one uh, scheduled for Thursday. He also indicates again Wednesday night at that time that there was going to be a Big 12 President's meeting that was going to be held with an expansion update or whatever that is worth as they gather there. Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports, also joining in on that, talking about completing that Board of Regents meeting at Colorado there on Wednesday. He says, quote, another scheduled for Thursday, presumably around a potential move to the Big 12. So he outright says that there. And also a guy that's been kind of interesting to follow. I don't know how many people have been uh, following Jason Shear, who covers the Arizona Wildcats there in Tucson. Uh, but it seemed like he's had a, a relatively even killed and consistent grasp on the lay of the land during the entirety uh, of this time. And he's actually the one that assigned a timeline to it, Chris, as he tweeted or X'd uh, in part saying Colorado is likely to move within the next 48 hours. Again, this happening on Wednesday afternoon. Colorado likely to move within the next 48 hours. Also, there's another school in the Pac-12 beyond the rumored four corners that will surprise people and is seriously considering a jump to the Big 12. Depending upon when you're listening to this, of course, you may have new information to add to this conversation uh, out there on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. So bear with us if our information is incomplete. But uh, man, Chris, we just had kind of a little drizzle of a smoke conversation there on Wednesday, and all of a sudden it was swirling as the hours have gone by, and now we're getting closer to the weekend. So I uh, I think that, you know, Colorado has had eyes or has been in discussions at some level with the Big 12 for months and months and months. And, it, and it's not that they've been serious discussions. I think they've been, you know, it's been a back and forth, but I think the, the right way to put it is they've been engaged. And I think you and I even touched on this back – during spring football for Texas Tech and that, you know, it was like it was in the March or April. It was like Colorado was the one that's doing all the talking or or have their ear open and like very receptive to what is going on. And I think that, you know, we touched on it on yesterday's show. The 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 head coach isn't there, had surgery. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But you file that with the athletic director going, hey, guys, I can't talk. I've got a plane to catch. It's private. It's going to wait on me, but I'm going to run out of here because I got to go get on it. And two or, or three, I should say, you have the school president basically kind of mentioning some things aloud that he clearly knew wasn't really accurate uh, last week about timetable and presentations from George Klyavkov and all that stuff simply to apply pressure. I start You, you start adding these things up. And, and, and I, I think you may have a new conference member sooner than later. Uh, and I think it may really be sooner than later uh, because 
I don't know exit fees. I don't know like things yet. The minutia of uh, maybe an, an exit or or a um, like what you've got to tell the league to make sure you're okay. They don't have a media deal next football season. Right. Nothing that they're obligated to. Okay, <laughs> they have they have stared at this bird in the hand for a while, and I think Brett Yormark has probably done everything he could to squeeze and say it's that bird's not going to be in that hand for forever. When in reality, it probably would have a year from now, six months from now, because who else are you going to go get? You're not going to like turn down a current Power Five member for the Yukons or the Zags or the Aztecs or the SMUs or whoever you want to toss out there, you, you you would have had a spot available to you and it's in your contract language, you know, right. they the full share. If you, and they know that. Yes. And yep. if you pull a power, current power five member, they get a full share. And so I don't know timetable, but heck man, I guess at this point, we'll see what the meetings, you know, what, what happens at the meeting later today and how quickly this happens or what people from Colorado say, but it's not going to surprise me a bit at this point if Colorado is participating in the Big 12 Conference as early as next season. I may be off on that. That may be a bit too early. Maybe they'll have changed their mind, and George Kalafka, you know, pulls that rabbit out and goes, $35 million a year, boys. If you just <laughs> want to calm down, all is well. Joke's on everybody else. But right now, <laughs> at the time you and I are talking, I think Brett Yormark was like, guys, I don't know why y'all were listening to all this talk. I've been trying to tell you we were open for business. Yeah, and and we're about to make a sale. You know, that's what I think. So. I, yeah, he could. Uh, Kalishnikov's presentation could be something like, <laughs> "Boys, I got good news and bad news. Good news: thirty-five million a year. Bad news: linear partner, Al Jazeera Television." Well, how does it sound? How does it sound? Yeah, that should be really interesting. And who knows, man? By the weekend arrives, do we have something actually? tangible to to see touch and feel i'd be willing to bet it's like recruiting we were talking about when those spots start filling up you're like oh i start to get antsy yeah because it certainly <laughs> doesn't seem the big 10 is interested at all in adding oregon washington or anybody else right now because they're they're full well let me i'm glad you bring that up and i know we got to get out of here but let's wrap it up with this because i wanted to ask you about maybe the most interesting part of any of those tweets i mentioned there that being the mention of a surprise Pac-12 candidate that is weighing a Big 12 option. And I think that could have everything to do, Chris, with what you're alluding to there. I mean, how many how many uh, life rafts actually are there out there for a Pac-12 program to grab? Do you have any feel for the circumstances? I know Stanford's been begging for years to be in the Big 12, but it's not happening, Stanford. Quit calling. Do you have yeah. any feel for those vibes? I I've been told this repeatedly. Oregon is very antsy. I think Oregon is extremely antsy. They're very restless. They've been asking lots of questions behind the scenes. Um, and then we already know, you and I do, about because it's been widely reported about Washington's financial woes. You know, and and, and yep. that's been reported in Sandy, or excuse me, Seattle papers and all those things. And so it stands to reason because I think I think when I hear the word surprise, I think to most that would surprise. Folks, if it yep. was an Oregon or a Washington, so I what think it mean? checks the box there. And I'm going to say to you that that with with the financial issues that Washington is going through, and then obviously with the the Oregon restlessness, and the fact that you would be extremely interested in either one or both uh, of yep. those institutions, I think it's uh, 
I'd be willing to bet you it's potentially one of those that Jason is referring to. It, it makes a lot of sense based on what I know, because I've asked some questions uh, uh, to people that I think would, would have a better feel for it than me, which is why I asked them. And I think they kind of pointed me toward uh, that duo. But well, there's only maybe, so many options, right? Right. Maybe with a slight lead to Oregon uh, on being the surprise team. If, but we'll, we'll see. He says beyond the four corners. So those options are out the window. You know that Oregon State and Washington State uh, walk, would walk through hell on Sunday to get to the Big 12. That would be a surprise to no one that they're considering that. So then you think about like Stanford, Cal. You think about Oregon, Washington. What seems plausible there to possibly fit that profile? Uh, you may be able to come to your own conclusion fairly easily. Um, but again, that's just one thing that's mentioned. May not come to fruition at all. And uh, by the week, by the time the weekend arrives, we may know what's coming to fruition or not. Uh, in general, but exciting times remain for now for those interested in such things, which seems to be all of humanity and possibly even the aliens at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Chris, uh, appreciate the time as always, man, as we uh, ride this realignment whirlwind uh, once again and may have a few more things to say on it before the week is done. Uh, so don't tune out. Join us once again as we wrap up the week tomorrow right back here on Locked on Texas Tech. Uh, Chris, thanks for the time as always. Absolutely, and uh, if things have changed mightily since we, you and I, are talking here, don't, don't, don't hate us. Uh, we're doing the, <laughs> we're doing the best we can because some of this stuff can pivot rapidly. New yeah. things get reported; it changes a lot. But when we're trying to do the best we can, enjoyed it. Uh, go Buffs! Love to see them at it, uh, and then we'll see what else uh, comes your way. So, uh, yeah. in, in, enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, makes for an interesting uh, late week in July. That's for sure. Yes, it does. And we'll be back with the latest and greatest on those scenes and more coming up tomorrow for the next round. For Chris, I'm Casey. Hope to see you then on Locked on Texas Tech.